This is episode 41 of the Angry Tech News Podcast for Tuesday, October 11, 2022. This is the Angry Tech News Podcast at angrytechnews.com. Now your host, the angry programmer with a mic, Brian Bemrose. I don't really have much to say here at the beginning of the show today. It's Tuesday. From the Dripping Repositories Department, the source code for Intel's Alder Lake BIOS has leaked. The six gigabytes of leaked code and tools was spotted on a public GitHub repository on Saturday, and Intel confirmed yesterday that the leak is legit, but that there was no concern about sensitive data getting out as the codebase had been scrubbed before releasing it to its hardware partners. Intel doesn't say which hardware partner this leak came from, but there are several references to software like Lenovo Cloud Service and Lenovo Secure Suite in the data dump, which could narrow down the list of suspects. A company representative said, Our proprietary UEFI code appears to have been leaked by a third party. We do not believe this exposes any new security vulnerabilities as we do not rely on obfuscation of information as a security measure, which seems like a pretty good idea, and this is why. In what I consider to be an unexpectedly prudent move by a major technology company, Intel has decided to go with the flow and try to get some benefit from the leak, though. This code is covered under our bug bounty program, and we encourage any researchers who may identify potential vulnerabilities to bring them to our attention, the note went on to read. Still, security researchers of both the white and black hat variety have already been hard at work analyzing the dumps, which appear to contain such fun security-ish bits like a private signing key for Intel boot guard and keys for accessing secure hardware modules. At this point, I don't think anyone knows whether this is going to be Intel's next Spectre meltdown or if it'll turn out to be nothing at all. The bad news is we probably won't find out which of these it is until all of our machines have been owned by a JavaScript botnet delivered through an Instagram tweet. From the humans are always the weakest link department, Microsoft security is warning of yet another social engineering threat by the hacker group Lazarus, which they refer to as Zinc, and who have been causing high profile stories like this one since at least 2014. The group starts with an open source program such as Putty, Kitty, TypeVNC, or Sumatra PDF Reader. They then pose as job recruiters and connect with individuals at the targeted organization, usually over LinkedIn. After making initial contact, hackers steer the conversation to WhatsApp and there prompt the victims to install the compromised program, which then infects the employee's work environment. The compromised software tries to evade detection by activating only when the user connects to a particular IP address with a particular set of credentials which the fake recruiters give out. The Microsoft blog post listed in the show notes gives a number of pointers for dudes named Ben hoping to protect their networks. For the rest of us, my advice is be wary of anybody who gives you a URL and tells you to install something. And by the way, that goes for Microsoft too. From the Shining a Light Department, a group of physicists at Japan's Riken Quantum Laboratories have come up with an ultraviolet LED that they say is safe to use around humans. 
Using UV lights for sterilization is not a new thing. Lots of industrial and HVAC systems use UV light to destroy microbes, bacteria, and other unwanted living cells by pumping air through a closed chamber containing a powerful UV emitter. The problem is with these UV systems is that they're not really safe around human, who are in fact mostly made up of pesky living cells. So these aren't really systems you want to use anywhere near people are going to be. At best, the people would end up with an unwanted sunburn. At worst, melanoma and cataract surgery. Riken researchers think that they've found a way around this using computer modeling and a complicated multi-layer LED to create a safe UV light which damages microbes but not people. They point out that having such a technology could prove critical in the fight against COVID-19. They have apparently not come out of the lab long enough to learn that COVID-19 is over. It was not clear to me from reading the article how exactly they managed to find an exact type of UV light that can effectively destroy bad cells but not damage good ones. The article was rather vague and the backing scientific paper seemed far more focused on how they created the LEDs rather than how they work, which was fascinating but didn't answer my question. Still, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they're not just blowing smoke to get that sweet, sweet COVID grant money. This technology, if it works, would be a huge step forward for managing pathogens and creating sterile environments. I just won't be the first one to stare into their LEDs, not, not until they've got a few more years of safety trials behind them first. From the Dissipating Clouds Department, cloud gaming service Google Stadia is shutting down. Stadia is a gaming service where the controllers and display are in your location, but all of the game logic and, and code runs in Google's cloud servers. The service was accessible through Chromecast, Android TV, the Stadia app on Android, Chrome browser on PC, pretty much every Google platform. In order to play games, you had to purchase them and add them to your digital library on the service, or there were a number of selected games that would be added to your library free if you had the Stadia Pro service, which you got through a subscription. The system also had online multiplayer. Stadia was launched in November of 2019 and is now shutting down barely three years later. In fact, it's going to be turned off completely in January of 2023, Google citing lack of users. Players will continue to have access to their games library and play through January 18, 2023, so that they can complete final play sessions. Whatever a final play session is, it means that whatever you've done is going to go away. Quote, we will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store. So I, I mean, that's good. And all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store. A pretty good guy move on Google's part. But of course, if you got all your games through their pro account, that's a whole lot of zero that you'll be refunded. And they've said they're not giving back any pro subscription feeds. In response to this story, GamesRadar found some poor idiot with almost 6,000 hours in Red Dead Redemption 2 raging about losing all of that progress. All he wants is a chance to move his save file over to a platform that isn't shutting down. I do feel for the guy. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask, but it does fly in the face of a lot of contracts and legalese in between these big Silicon Valley companies. Plus, game developers tend to be pretty resistant to supporting their games years after launch in any way at all. But my suggestion to this guy, treat it like an opportunity to go outside, see the sun, get a girlfriend. Use the next 6,000 hours to produce something that you own 
and can't be taken away when some corporate middle manager who doesn't care about you unplugs a database because it's not making them as much money as it used to. From the Breaking Chains Department, lastly, a story that means absolutely nothing to the vast majority of this show's listeners. But if you happen to be a tech-oriented podcaster who's into Bitcoin value splits and likes pain, and therefore are running your own lightning node, then this story is for you. LND, the reference implementation software for the lightning network, has a bug. The bug is in how it handles something called script witness data from the Bitcoin blockchain, and it prevents LND from being able to parse a block with script witness item over 11 kilobytes. Like so much open source software, this bug came from an upstream library and has probably been there for a very long time, but it never caused any problems because the Bitcoin chain never had a block with a script witness that big until a couple days ago. Now it has one. To verify transactions, Lightning needs to be able to process all chain blocks in order. Once it hit a block that it couldn't parse, the software became unable to process any blocks after that. The upshot is that the older versions of LND are now unable to sync with the blockchain. You won't be able to open or close any channels and transactions will be forever in limbo until the software can sync. The good news is that there's a hotfix, version 0.15.2 of LND. If your lightning node is hosted by someone else, it's probably already updated and you already tuned out of this story. If, however, you manage your own node, you need to make sure to update that software. To be clear, I'd normally never cover a story this niche. In the whole world, the number of podcasters who run their own lightning nodes is vanishingly small. In fact, most of you listen to this show, which I guess makes it content, but I'm one of them and I spent two hours today trying to fix the problem for my own server. Time that wasn't wasted, as long as I'm allowed to call it show prep. thanks to Raymond Zorger, whose monthly donation came in between last show five days ago and this one, and to Renee in the Netherlands, who boosted the last show 7777 sats, staying, go podcasting, happy to see another episode. I hope to see more sats coming in because that means that I got my node working. Crossing my fingers. Angry Tech News is produced on the value for value model. We don't take sponsors, we don't play ads, and we do not charge you to listen, but we are funded by your donations. If you received some value for listening to this show, Please send some value back. Go to angrytechnews.com and click the donate button. Send what you think this episode was worth to you, whether it's $10, $100, or $333. That's it for now. I'm Ryan Bemrose, the angry programmer with a mic. I'll be back next time with more Angry Tech News. This has been Angry Tech News with the angry programmer, Ryan Bemrose, at angrytechnews.com. Stay angry. Stay angry. Stay angry.